0: Welcome to the Insecurity Project Podcast. Most people think the best you can do with insecurity is mask it, manage it, or medicate. I'm convinced this is a problem that can be solved for good, and that's what this show is all about. Join me for weekly 10-minute Tuesday episodes, live coaching demonstrations, and world-class interviews on the subject of overcoming insecurity. Now, on to today's show. Last week, I had the opportunity to take a short break. It was my birthday, my forty-second birthday, and Cat uh, and I went to Canberra for a night. And uh, as as birthdays often do, they give a chance for reflection. I, I love to take stock of the year that's been and think about the year that's coming. And I, I got some sweet new running shoes for my birthday, which is often a, a, a tradition. Nothing like the smell of a new pair of running shoes. And so I had a lovely run around the city and uh, and came back and was was earthing uh, a practice i'll tell you a bit more about shortly but basically just uh shoes and socks off just standing on the grass just feeling connected to the earth and just thinking about running out of content and uh this this podcast has been running for a few years now and i i do not take the opportunity to speak to you for granted and and am non-negotiable about not adding to the noise. So I'll only speak if I've got something to say. And I was just thinking, I, I have nothing more to say. And it reminded me of three weeks into being a church pastor, when uh, you know, given the leadership of my congregation at 23, I had the responsibility of bringing thought leadership and sharing something every Sunday, sometimes twice a Sunday. And and week three, after preaching three sermons, I was. Confronted with the idea that now I was out of content and this was going to be a long rest of my life if this was my responsibility. And yet I trusted that there was somehow a content coming from outside of me, that if I would be open and receptive then and take my place as a mouthpiece, then I would have something to say. And so that was my experience. However you make sense of that, however I make sense of that, each week I would find Uh, fresh manner from heaven. I would find something to say. Then I had the same experience as the school chaplain at Mawari High. I got the opportunity to do Chapo's Thought of the Week and I can remember vividly every Thursday morning I I would be sweating. What am I going to say? What possibly could I say? I've said everything that could be said but here it is another opportunity to add value, to speak something of kindness and truth, something that's Useful, something that would help people be good humans, and so again I would I would have something come to me, and I would I would speak, and and then the one minute coach I remember getting to fifty episodes of of the OMC and feeling the same. I'm out of content. What else could I possibly have to say about anything? And and Catherine was the first person to say to me, Oh, you know, I hope you're going to get to three hundred and sixty-five. And then the radio stations, after I submitted 50 segments, they were like, okay, when's the next? When should we expect the next 50 and the 50 after that? And and I was just struck with, I don't know what I'm going to say. And yet, every time I would go back to the well, there would be more water and something else to say. And so I would keep speaking. And the same is true with this podcast. And so, as I was reflecting on the fact I had nothing to say and then bare feet standing on the ground, Um, I felt again, Jamin, there's plenty to say. You have so much to say and there will be always something more to say. And so it was an invitation again to surrender to the idea of being a mouth, of being someone who, for whatever reason, has a role to play amongst people, to share, to speak and to speak life and truth. And so, so that is my intention, to not add to the noise, but to speak something of value. And, and as I was thinking about what else I have to say, this idea of the four separations, I was reminded about when I first understood this concept from Brian McLaren, Uh, I did my uh, degree in theology, the study of God, and had an opportunity to do a master's, and the the lure of starting this master's was the fact that Brian McLaren, my all-time favorite author at the the time, was lecturing the first subject, and that was enough for me, and so I signed up to a master's just off the back of getting to be in the room with him. Uh, and i can remember being uh, waiting for him to come and they were, pa- they were passing out all our name tags and instead of r- picking my own tag out of the box i picked his and so when he was introducing himself to everyone he said oh i'm brian oh you're brian mclaren too that's what a coincidence uh, the facilitator was less than impressed but i thought it was i was hilarious Brian McLaren on that day introduced me to this idea of the four separations, basically the idea that the choices that people make uh, lead them to be separated in four ways. Primarily, they are separated from God, that we are spiritual beings, and yet most people live uh, with no concept of a practical or, or real spirituality. They are completely disconnected from God. Um, But more than that, they're completely disconnected from others. They live lonely and isolated lives. Uh, Even if they seem to be surrounded by others, they still feel alone. They are disconnected from deep and intimate relationships. Uh, Worse than that, they're disconnected from the planet. They conduct their affairs but have no real integration back to the earth and uh, the resources of the earth. They consume those resources without connecting to them. Uh, and finally, they're disconnected from themselves, which perhaps is the, is the most dire of all the connections. People are discombobulated, disconnected, confused, disorientated. They don't know who they are. They don't know where they're going. And so Brian was talking about a spirituality, uh, that if a spirituality did not address these four disconnections, then it was of no value and And the challenge for religion and faith was that often it only focused on the first of the disconnections and focused on how do people reconnect with God. Uh, my observation over the years is that when people simply focus on reconnecting with God and pay no regard to the other disconnections, then their spirituality is abstract and, and worse than that it it is um, it's it 's abhorrent they become part of the problem they are they are of no earthly good they increase the discord. They live in a way that is not responsible. They live in a way that continues to disconnect and separate them from other people, from the planet and from themselves. So I'm I'm convinced that there isn't there is an order of operations and that in order ultimately to be connected with God, whoever God is and whatever God is like, we have to start with with reconnecting to ourselves. And the central idea of the insecurity project is is based on that reconnection. Uh, you know, every day I speak with people about this idea, and and you can imagine, I'm sure, because you can experience this firsthand, there is a level of terror and fear and dread with the level of hurt and woundedness and and insecurity associated with our own deep opinions about ourselves that we we don't want ever exposed, and so run and hide instead. Um, But rather than dreading the work of going back and having a look, it is our gift. No child escapes their childhood without forming limiting beliefs about themselves, without developing insecurity. It is inevitable. There is no point wishing it was anything different. And in fact, when you can see how inevitable it is, you also see it is the gift to us. It is the gift to us as adult beings. It is like we're looking for meaningful work to do in life. People are wondering, what is my purpose? Where can I find meaning? Where can I turn my hand to to do something effective and useful? Well, here is the first and most important place to find the answer to that question. The work you have to do is to go and rescue the child, is to go back and review the opinions you've formed about yourself. And yes, it's hard, and yes, it's heavy, and yes, it's difficult, but that is how we find strength. The gift is the resistance. If there was no healing to do, we would never develop the capacity for wholeness. Because we have insecurity, that is our only opportunity for wholeness. It requires something to overcome, something to strengthen, something to heal, something to repair. That is our work. That is how we become strengthened. That is the only way we emerge as adults by having that work to do. So don't bemoan it. Don't fear it, embrace it. And that is your most primary adult work. That is the first disconnection, the first separation to repair. And off the back of that, then allows you to repair your disconnection with others. If if you try and repair your relationship with others without first repairing your relationship with yourself, you won't have the nuance and the feel to know how to receive and give love. You'll doubt it. You'll undermine it when someone tries to give it to you. You won't believe it's true because you have never owned the fact you're worthy of love. If you want to give and receive love to others, you have to start giving and receiving love to yourself first. That is the foundation. Um, You probably heard me talk about the fact I'm writing the next book uh, called Leverage, How to Change the People You Love. And I had to submit one of the chapters to the publishing company last week. And, and I chose the most difficult chapters to, to submit just to make sure that if they were going to have a problem with my book, then we may as well talk about the the hardest chapter to write first rather than submitting the easy ones and then they have a problem with the hard one. And so the hard one was, was the chapter around responsibility, the idea of taking the plank out of your own eye first before you take the speck out of your brother's eye or, or uh, you know, worrying about the barbecue sauce stain on your own shirt before you worry about the barbecue sauce stain on your partner's shirt. If you want to change someone else's life, you have to earn the right, and the place you earn the right is in changing your own life. You must start with you. It's a difficult chapter to write, but an essential chapter to write. And, and this is the work of the Insecurity Project. This is your primary adult work is to repair your own relationship with yourself to understand what love is, by giving it to yourself, then you 're free to build loving relationship with others and connect meaningfully with friends with family, with your partner with your kids with your colleagues. Then the next separation to repair is with the planet to be conscious about the fact that all your affairs are conducted from the ground of being with beneath you. The practice of earthing, which I've really loved. Uh, I've picked that up from Sadhguru, a YouTuber from India. Actually, I think he's based in the States now. I just love his stuff. I think it's so practical and powerful. But he talks about just the daily practice of making sure the soles of your feet and the palms of your hand touch the earth, the bare earth. And the earthing that happens, the discharge of energy, the receiving of life. Because all our life comes from the earth. Uh, many parts of the earth refer to earth as Gaia, Mother Earth, where we draw our being from, and, and the place to which we will return to when we die. Uh, to be connected to the earth is to be mindful of the resources that we, rec- we require, the oxygen that we breathe. Every moment we breathe in, that breath, that air has come from the earth. That we occupy, it is replenished by the trees around us. It, they take trees lovingly take our carbon dioxide and re, and return it to us as oxygen to take our next breath. We can't survive without that. Every morsel of food we eat is it becomes us. Uh, Sadhguru talks about one of the most miraculous things in the earth in the in the universe is the fact that we can turn bananas into human beings simply by eating them. <laughs> that this food becomes us. So to have mindfulness and awareness of the practice of our very sustenance, our very life, is drawn from the earth, connects us back to the source, and and allows us to live with a sense of reverence, which which plays to every decision we make about how we use resources, what we do with our energy consumption, what we do with our waste, how, what foods we choose to eat, how we treat animals, how we treat plants, uh, the imprint imprint that we leave on the earth, the impact we have. Uh, it, it is a massively important, more than any time in the history of the universe. The, the imprint we leave is is so important for us to be mindful of that. So, connection with ourselves, connection with others, connection with the planet, and then finally the connection with God. Uh, there are some, you know, all kinds of beautiful ways of understanding connection with God. Uh, the the book written by Wayne Dyer, "The Spirit of Intention," I found particularly useful uh he He describes God as that as the spirit of intention the the force that unites us and gives everything meaning and connects everything and that that spirit of intention must be described as loving, it must be described as beautiful, it is kind, it is expansive, it is creative it is receptive and so whenever we align ourselves to those seven things, we are aligning ourselves to God. Brian McLaren talks about the practice of being here. I am here and God is here. Whoever God is and whatever God is like, he is here and I am here. Or it is here or she is here or God is here and I am here. There is sacredness about this moment. That This understanding of spirituality draws us beyond the here and now to conceptualize a life bigger than us, beyond us. It keeps us open to realize that but for the grace of God go I, that we are nothing and no one in the context of the cosmos and yet, we get to have these meaningful experiences and draw life from all around us it 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 causes us to live openly, graciously, connectedly with all life, and to realize that we are one with everything around us uh, this This message of connectedness it plays strongly within me I, I feel like it's part of the music inside me around being a good human being and that that is something that I'll keep talking about loudly and strongly. So if you're enjoying this content, you can expect more of the same. If it's useful, share it with others, and I'll look forward to speaking to you again next week. You've been listening to the Insecurity Project podcast. All you need to solve any problem is the proven framework and someone skillful enough to hold you in the space until it works. If this is your year to be insecurity-free, jump on the insecurityproject.com And begin your journey to become unhindered by getting a free copy of the 7 Essential Practices for Overcoming Insecurity.